Today in business from Wired. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is the Spoken Edition of Wired. Fighting a wildfire in Texas. Building a network to connect 40 million people to the internet. Cutting pollution with chainsaws. Hear Chubb customers tell their stories at chubb.com slash podcast. And stay tuned after the show to hear how a sinkhole swallowed eight priceless sports cars. How Uber's Invisible Workforce Could Affect Your Taxes by Zachary Carabell. The gig economy is hardly new, but there's still a yawning gap between the attention it receives and our understanding of how it is or isn't altering the nature of work in America. It may be a Bay Area joke that everyone is either working in the Valley or for TaskRabbit, and Uber may be the world's most valuable startup, but there may be dozens of Apple executives who are personally worth more than IKEA paid to acquire TaskRabbit. The gig economy may be disruptive, but it is still in its infancy. We know startlingly little about the interplay between online facilitated gigs, Uber, TaskRabbit, Grubhub, Airbnb hosting, and traditional employment. That's because we analyze employment in the U.S. using 20th century definitions and data that government agencies struggle to understand on limited budgets. The result is that we know something has changed, but we don't know how or how much. It's more than just a statistical question. Our understanding of employment affects government spending, Federal Reserve policy around interest rates, and public sentiment about whether we are doing well or badly. One of the Fed's mandates is to design monetary policy to maximize employment. Thursday, President Trump nominated Jerome Powell to be the next Fed chair. Confusion about the gig economy will complicate the central question of his term, including the appropriate level of interest rates, how fast wages should be increasing, or the possible effects of tax reform. Current Fed Chair Janet Yellen recently confessed that the economy isn't working as the Fed anticipated. Inflation is lower and wage growth slower than projected, given how low unemployment has fallen. The gaps in our understanding of the morphing nature of work are not academic. They are compromising our collective ability to understand and address the economic challenges of our day. Friday, the government pegged the unemployment rate at 4.1%, the lowest in 17 years. It is even lower for some groups, such as those with a college degree, and higher for others, such as teens without a high school diploma. But every group is doing far better than in the years following the 2008-2009 financial crisis. 
Given such robust numbers, you'd think that the public mood would be bright. It is not. Every major poll shows significant majorities believe the country is headed in the wrong direction, even as many say they are feeling better about the economy. One recent poll found just over half of Americans said the economy is decent, while nearly two-thirds said the country is dangerously off course. How do we account for such statistics? You could say that pocketbook concerns are now less acute than political ones. Or you could point to slow wage growth, which has left many Americans feeling that they are falling behind. You could also highlight that the share of American adults who say they are working or looking for a job, less than 63%, remains far lower than in previous decades. To add to the complexity, our understanding of the workforce remains grounded in the 20th century. We view the labor pool as workers employed by a company on a payroll, and indeed the vast majority of American workers are indeed employed by an employer paying a salary. There is a category for self-employed, but for budget and methodology reasons, the Census Bureau, which provides some material for the Bureau of Labor Statistics Employment Reports, has had a difficult time accurately measuring what it calls alternative or contingent employment arrangements. Read through the pages of data released with each monthly employment report, and you won't find any category for gig work. You might find a report from 2005 on alternative and contingent employment, As the statisticians at the BLS will remind us, gig work predated smartphones. Actors, construction workers, musicians, caterers have long gone from job to job without full-time employment status, and those statisticians have always had categories for self-employed. But today's gig economy workers are more likely to be 1099 workers, with incomes from disparate sources than self-employed Schedule C workers. The latter are somewhat easier to track and categorize. Gig workers may never even consider themselves self-employed, which means that they may still be largely invisible. Take the Uber driver who says, as many have to me, that they lost their job X months or years ago and are driving as a way to get themselves through until a more permanent job materializes. Statistically, those drivers are a conundrum. They're working, many of them full-time or more, but they may not consider themselves employed when answering a government survey. And if they don't say they're actively looking for work, they're not unemployed either. Instead, they're not part of the labor force, which might help explain why labor force participation is so low. And yet, the Uber driver without a job is still making money, complicating the economic effects. Numbers are hard to come by. The Census Bureau in May did a new study of alternative work arrangements, but the results have been, according to the government website, delayed indefinitely. That leaves the picture murky. The McKinsey Global Institute in October 2016 estimated that more than 20% of the workforce in the U.S. and Europe engaged in some form of gig work, either part-time, full-time, or in conjunction with a full-time job. On the other hand, two noted economists, Alan Kruger and Lawrence Katz, in early 2016 calculated that only about a half percent of the U.S. workforce had gig jobs through online intermediaries like Uber in 2015. That would translate into fewer than a million jobs. But we know that Uber reported having 300,000 U.S. drivers in 2015, which would suggest that there are more than a million online gig workers. In total, the economists say many millions of Americans primarily work in gigs. The confusion does not help policymakers. The result is that we have one economic picture generated by official jobs reports that seems to do well capturing the dynamics of the 160 million person workforce that we can measure. 
and which leaves us rather in the dark about another hundred million or so people who are doing something but who aren't showing up in the labor force. Reduce that number by the very aged or infirm, and there still are many tens of millions of people living their lives, spending money, not starving, not homeless, and even thriving, who are all but missing from our collective dashboard. It should therefore come as little surprise that this thing we call the economy isn't working as economic models say it should. There is little unemployment and little wage growth and not as much inflation. That isn't supposed to happen, and it is making policymakers nervous and uncertain. It would help if the government increased budgets to answer these questions about the invisible labor force, the gig economy, and the changing nature of work, but that isn't going to happen anytime soon. In the absence of that, we would do best to acknowledge more publicly that much is happening and changing too quickly to understand in real time. Until we get a clearer picture, none of it is going to make much sense. This podcast was made possible by Chubb. Hear how a sinkhole opened up under the National Corvette Museum. Right now. Betty called me at six in the morning. She thought it was a fire. It was worse. A sinkhole opened up under our museum. Eight priceless Corvettes had plunged into it. Chubb was there within hours. They helped make sure it was safe. We had everyone we needed to get our museum back up and running. And we opened the next day. Hear more stories at chubb.com slash podcast. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.